Hey, thank you. It's, it's really an honor to be here. I've been here a number of times. This right here is a very special place for me. I've had some good friends that were like you, and they went to school here. Gordon, of course, is uh, one of my best friends, as we, we talked about. But, you know, to be honest with you, one of the reasons why Gordon and I are really close friends is that we, were, we both had a love for sports. And ever since I was a little, little boy, I've had a love for sports. And, you know, I was adopted when I was a little boy. I don't really know my, my biological parents. And, and there were people that took me in as a foster child and then eventually adopted me when I was pretty small. But one thing I've always had, no matter who my parents have been, I've had a love for this. Anybody here have a love for this? Anybody like football? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I like football. Ever since I was a little guy, and here I am now, 60 years old, and I've been in football for 55 years. Can you imagine that? That's a long time. You know why I know that I, I love football is that God has given me a love for it. I never could put it away. I never could put it down. And I never have been, I've never apologized for it because I begin to recognize that God made me for this. But you know, when these people adopted me, I just wanted you to think about something. When they adopted me, they gave me a brand new name. My last name used to be Price, and then it became Brown. They said, we want to call you Son, because their name was Brown. And then they gave me new food, and new friends, and new schools, and a new way of life. And the reason why I love that story so much is that I've never been able to stop talking about my parents. These people who would be willing to say, we love you so much, we're going to make you our son. That's really special to be chosen. And all of you are special. You have people who have chosen you. They love you, your parents, your teachers. That's an incredible thing. And if somebody ever said to me, you know, that's a really touching story, Mr. Brown, but it's really not fair to those kids who weren't adopted. You know, not everybody was adopted, so listen, how about we do this? You only get to talk about your adopted parents and your new way of life on Sunday mornings in a church building. That's the only place you get to talk about it. And if they said, you know what, we'll add one more day to it, we'll have you maybe on Wednesday night. On Wednesday nights you can talk about it. But any place else, if you go to school, if you go to, you know, uh, uh, at a restaurant, wherever it is, outside of that time, you're not allowed to talk about it. You know what I would say to them? Can't do it. I'm going to be talking about my parents who adopted me. Know why? Because I've been loved so much. I cannot stop talking about it. And I want to share with you another adoption story involving me. When I was 22 years old, I went through the most important adoption. There was a day when I was 22 years old, 22 years old when I said, you know what? I feel like I'm lost. I have no relationship with God. And someone told me that God could adopt me 
because Jesus Christ came to this earth as God the Son and died on a cross for me. And he rose from the dead, proving that he was God. And all I had to do was to say, I am a sinner. I'm, I'm wrong. I have not followed God. I don't even have the ability to follow God. I am without an eternal family. And that's the day that God adopted me through Jesus Christ. He gave me a brand new name, Christian. I get to bear the name of Jesus Christ. That's who I am. I'm a Christian. Even more important than being a football player or a coach, I serve Jesus Christ. I get to, t I get to eat every day some new food, the Word of God, the Bible. That's God's nutrition. It's important for athletes to eat regularly. The really good athletes eat about five or six times a day. Do you know that? Eat a lot because they work out a lot. And they need that lean muscle mass and all those things that will make them run fast and jump high. But if you're going to be a strong Christian, you have to eat regularly. In other words, you have to read your Bible and be taught the Word of God. I got new, when I got new friends when I was adopted, it's like, and I got adopted again as a Christian this time, I got new friends like Gordon and people in Nebraska who love Jesus Christ became my friends and they didn't all look like me. We don't all look the same. Some of us have hair, some of us don't. Some of us have brown skin, some of us have white skin, some of us have long hair, short hair, some of us are tall, some of us are short, but we've been created by God and if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you're all part of the same family. And those were my new friends. And so if somebody when they tried to come tell me, hey, Mr. Brown, on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, you can talk about your newfound faith in Jesus Christ and your Savior and Lord and God the Father, and you can talk about the Bible and sin and following Christ and all of that. You're allowed to do that in those places, but you're not allowed to do it on these other days. And you're not allowed to do it in the schools. And you're not allowed to do it in the business world or the coaching world. Or you're not allowed to talk to your players about how much you love your new father. You know what I said? I can't do it. I'm going to talk about my father in heaven. I'm going to talk about my savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to encourage you, my fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord, to stay in the Word of God and to walk away from sin and to repent and to follow Jesus all the time. I'm not going to let anybody tell me that I can't do it. Because you know why? Because I've been loved too much. And when you've been loved like that from God, you can't stop talking about him. You can't stop living for him. It's just the way it is. And every time I read this Bible, every time I decide I want to eat from the Word of God, I see lots of other men and women in the Bible that decided that that was the only way to live. So I want to encourage you, that's the way to live. Thank God that you have a school where people don't give you any trouble about wanting to serve the Lord. But I, 
or wherever you're from. I know you're from a variety of different towns. Some of you are homeschooled, and you're learning that at home. And you're learning that math and science and biology and, and literature, English, Spanish, all the all the arts, all the sciences belong to God. And you're able to connect your faith in Jesus Christ with everything that you're learning. But in a lot of schools across this state, there's a lot of children like you who are not hearing the same message, that they're separating their faith from Jesus Christ. And that's not what God ever had in mind. So I want you to understand, not only is it okay to talk about Jesus and to live for Jesus in any place, anywhere, anytime, but God is pleased when you do that. He loves it. It says in the Bible in Matthew 18, if any one of you people, any one of you adults, cause one of these little ones who believe in me to be offended and make them stumble over me, huh, it would be better if you had a heavy weight around your head and you were dropped to the bottom of the sea. Woo. Jesus is very serious about you. He loves you. He wants nobody to confuse you about him. So that's why I, wanted to, I brought this football with me today. I wanted you to know that when I'm on the field coaching football or playing football, what I just told you still applies. God made me to love football. How many of you like, anybody here play the flute? Raise your hands if you play the flute. Okay. How many of you play piano? Wow. How many of you are really good artists, drawers? You love to draw. Okay. Wow. Okay. How many of you uh, love sports? Okay. Good. Do you know that God gave you the different talents and abilities that you have? So, like I told you, football's one of mine. And I've learned how to tell the gospel story through the game of football. Do you know in Romans chapter 1, in the Bible, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, the writer, inspired by God, told us in Romans chapter 1 that you could look at creation, and you're going to hear a story about creation from Brian, your next spe speaker here. He's going to talk about the book of Genesis to you. But creation, from creation, from mountains or soil or sheep, anything, anything that's been created by God reveals the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can tell people the story by the very thing you love. So some of you who, raise, if you're artists, raise your hand like you did before. If you're drawing pictures and painting things, do you know what? You can paint to the glory of Jesus Christ so that, that those drawings that you make reflect the ability that God has given you, and you can tell the story. People can look at your story, look at your paintings and go, I see the story of Jesus Christ in there. How many of you play the flute? Raise your hand. Not many of you. Well, it's a pretty hard instrument to play. I played the saxophone in the, you know, when I was in your age. The flute was a little bit too delicate for me. But it's a beautiful instrument. And to play the flute, that's the ability that God gave you. So when people hear you play the flute, they ought to be reminded of Jesus. Well, you're getting my, what I'm trying to say. 
I had a running back who played for me when I was coaching at Nebraska. Does anybody remember a guy named Rex Burkhead? Y'all remember Rex Burkhead? He plays with the Cincinnati Bengals now. And I remember I told Rex, because Rex loved the Lord. He loved Jesus. In fact, he came to the University of Nebraska because he spotted some Christian coaches on our staff, and he said, that's where I want to be. I, I don't want to lose my fellowship with Jesus. I want to go to a place where they're going to encourage me. So he came to Nebraska, and boy, were we glad. He was a great player. But I'll tell you what I told Rex one day. We were talking one day, and I said, Rex, look, at, look up in the stands. And we were standing in front of Memorial Stadium. It was before a game, and there were 93,000 people. Can you imagine? 93. Anybody been to Memorial Stadium on game day? You've seen what 93,000 people look like, right? I mean, that's a lot of people. And I said, Rex, look at these people. In about 20 minutes, they're all going to be watching you with this football, this thing that you've loved since you were like five, five years old. You carrying this football, they're going to watch you running the ball over and over and over again. And Rex, they're going to be looking to see how many yards you go and how many touchdowns you get. But you know what, Rex, what they ought to be able to see is how much you love Jesus Christ by the way you run that football, by the way you run over people, by the way you dodge people, by the way when you score a touchdown, you don't point at yourself and say, look at me, I'm the man, how you jump in the arms of your teammates and celebrate with them because they helped you to get there. They're going to watch you when it's really, when you're tired and we're behind in the score. Like Ohio State in 2011, we were down by three touchdowns in the second half. And it looked like it was over. We were never going to beat them. But Rex, I said, Rex, when they see you run the football, it's like watching a tiger out on the, in the jungle saying, it's time, it's time. And every single play you run the ball, Rex, they're reminded that there's something in you. There's a spirit in you that's even greater than a tiger. And it's the spirit of Jesus Christ. And if you will run with him in mind, God will make sure that he's glorified in front of these people. And not only did Rex run the ball that day, he scored three touchdowns in the second half that led us to victory. A great comeback victory. And I've, I've always thought that, man, there's no doubt that you can run the football, you can paint a drawing, you can play the flute to the glory of God. So I asked Mr. Josh to select three people to come up here and help me up. Who were they? Who were the three? Are they here? I had some sixth graders here, right? I wanted to demonstrate something to you about the gospel message of Jesus Christ through the game of football. Okay, what's your name? Gabe, do you know that, come here Gabe, I coached this guy's dad back in the 1980s at the University of Nebraska, Doug Langmire. He was one of my tight ends, how about that? I can't believe it. All right, thank you Gabe. Come on over, Drew. Hi Drew, how you doing? And this is Riley, hey Riley. All right, I'm going to take Riley here for a minute. He's going to be my running back. You guys are going to play defense, okay? All right. Now, Riley, have you ever carried a football before? Okay. Let me start with something. Let's just pretend for a minute that I'm the quarterback. You're the receiver or the running back, okay? These guys are the defensive players, and that yellow line back there with Mr. Josh just puts, 
That's the end zone. That's the touchdown. That's where we want to go, right, Riley? Isn't that what we, we all kind of understand that, right? Okay? So the first thing that has to happen is we have to get the ball to you. So let's just pretend for a moment that I'm a Christian, okay? And I want to share with you the most important message of all. And then you have to take it across all the people that want to tackle you and make sure that you don't reach the very goal line that God's called you to go. See? That's how I think about football. So let's just start it off here. But the first thing that's going to happen is I get the ball and I throw it to you. Boom! He, caught, he catches it. He has to have his eye on the ball. He's got to make sure he catches it because a lot of guys will drop it. Or sometimes it's not a very accurate throw. But he catches it. Now what do you do, Riley? What do you got to do now? Run with the ball. Okay? So show me. Run with the ball. Okay? Now what are you guys going to do? Try to keep him from getting there, right? This is what Rex Burkhead had to go through all those years. You know what I'm saying? All right, now, so, so you, got a pro- you got an issue here. you got a problem here, right? You're, you're taking the ball, and everybody wants this, and nobody wants you to get there, but you know you got to get there. you got to go through some opposition right here, don't you? But, but somehow, some way, you just keep fighting your way through to the goal line, right? And we're all good, right? Now, come on back. Come on back. Come on down here, boys. Let's say the ball was closer to the goal line, okay? And let's say that I gave you the ball, tossed you the ball, and you got hit and the ball got fumbled, but you ended up in the end zone. Let me ask the audience something, okay? That's a touchdown, right? He's in the end zone. What? The ball has to be? Oh, that's right. Come on back, Riley. He has to have the ball with him to score. Okay? So when they try to pull it out, what do you got to do? You got to lock it up hard, don't you? Everybody say lock the rock. That's what you got to do. You got to lock that rock. You don't let anybody pull that ball out because they're going to try to get it out. And you are going to end up with the ball in the end zone, and that's what counts six points, okay? Give him a hand, all right? Yeah, all right. Thank you. Now, that picture that you just saw, it's a football picture. Even if you're not a very well-educated person in football, you kind of get the drift. You know, people are trying to score. You know, people are trying to keep them from scoring. The first thing that happens to a person when they come to Christ is that they're able to receive the message. Somebody had to throw them the message of Jesus Christ. I hope that there are Christians here who are quarterbacks for the Lord, who are sharing their faith constantly to willing receivers. There's a whole bunch of people out there who need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And many times they just keep dropping the ball. Sometimes you tell them you're with your friends, you talk to them about Jesus, you try to live your life for Christ, and they're like, eh. It's like them dropping the ball all the time. But you stay at it. You stay at it. I had friends on a football team, one guy in particular, who witnessed and shared by the way he lived his faith in Christ. And I saw it over and over again. And at first, I was dropping the ball. But after a while, I started to see 
Wow, that's a pretty powerful message. And my not, my, I need that in my life. I need Christ. So one day, I caught the ball. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I asked him to be my savior. <laughs> I had the ball for the first time. This is the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and I had it. And as far as I was concerned, I was never going to let it go. This is the thing I wanted, to me- Jesus Christ. But then I started to realize that it was time for me not just to stay here and just throw the ball down and say, yay. No, I had to run with the ball. Has anybody ever heard the word disciple? Yeah, most of you heard that word. Does anybody know what that word means? A follower. Ooh, that's good. A follower of who? Jesus Christ. Do you know that there's a, there's a Bible verse that says, regarding being a disciple, that says this, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man, Jesus, has nowhere to lay his head. Has anybody ever heard that verse? Does anybody know what that verse means? Somebody want to give it a stab? What does it mean that the foxes have holes, the birds have nests? What, what do foxes live? They're living on the ground in holes. Where do birds live? In these nests, right? But Jesus has nowhere to lay his head. Like Jesus doesn't really have a home. That means following Jesus is hard. It's hard. Sometimes you're going to lose some friends because they don't want to follow Jesus. Sometimes you're going to look around and see, well, they're doing this. They're allowed to do that. They're allowed to watch those TV shows. They're allowed to say those words. They're allowed to do that. But I'm not. Why? Because following Jesus, there's a lot of sacrifice involved. You don't just say what you want and do what you want. You're following him. That's really important if you're going to be a follower. So you're a Christian, but now you have to start living like a Christian. And that's why we read the Word of God. And we have to run with the ball now. That's discipleship. And God is running to the goal line. The goal line is to be like Jesus. And to go all the way to the finish line for the rest of your life following Jesus. And then one day you go to heaven forever and ever and ever. But in the end zones of life, your schools, your places of business... Your, your families, your friends, many of them along the way are going to try to say, get rid of that Jesus thing, man. We're gonna, we want to go over here and do this and do that and have fun. But you know that fun is not right before the Lord. They're going to try to take the ball out of your hand and make you fumble. In fact, some places are going to tell you, listen, you can leave the ball right here, and then you can come into our school and talk. That's what they told me for years. They told me, Mr. Brown, you can talk at our school, but you can't bring up Jesus in your school, so you have to put the ball down at the doorstep and the one-yard line, and then you can come in. And I said, I can't do that. It doesn't count. You just told me that the only way you can get a score is that you have to bring the ball with you. That's true of a Christian. The only way that you can really honor Jesus Christ 
and live for Jesus Christ is you have to bring the message of Jesus Christ everywhere you go. That's what I teach my players. That's what I was trying to tell Rex Burkhead. Rex, following Jesus Christ is like the way you run the football. Nobody gets to pull it out of your hand. You memorize scripture. You, draw, you get it in your heart. It's like carrying the football. And the educators and the people on TV and everywhere are going to try to tell you that Jesus doesn't exist. You can't bring him here. You can't talk about him here. It's like saying, leave the ball on the ground. But you are, as a good running back, would never do that. You would never say, I'm just going to leave the ball on the ground. No, I'm not letting anybody get it. That's how we move the ball. That's what I'm asking you to do. Whatever it is that you're doing, wherever it is that you go, that you always take Jesus Christ in your heart with you. That's the only way to live. And, and understand this, there are going to be people who want to tackle you because you're a Christian. But you have to be strong. You have to be kid and say, nope, you don't get this. I'm taking this to the house. I want you to take the gifts and the talents and the ability and what you learn in the, in the Word of God, I want you to take it to the house. I want every day for you to be this, where God is pleased and he's going, that's my boy, that's my girl. They keep serving me no matter who the tacklers are. And some days Rex gets up and he, he's limping around. He got hurt. He got hit hard. Sometimes you need to rest. And there are people that will, on the, train, on the sideline, like trainers that are always fixing you up and giving you a little bit more water and encouraging you. Sometimes you need encouragement to keep going. That's why it's good to have friends who love Jesus, like you, choosing really good friends to help you grow and to stay strong when people want to tackle you and put you down. But you don't let it stop you. You keep moving. You keep going. That's why I like football, because football gives me a great excuse to talk about the thing that I really love, Jesus, who chose me. He adopted me made me one of his. He changed my name. He gave me new food. He gave me new friends. He gave me a new way of life. He's given me eternal life. And that's why in John 14, 6, Jesus was trying to tell the disciples, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He didn't say I am a way, a truth, a life. He said, I am the way, which means the only way. Do you know what you've been taught here is the only way that you can live a life that would honor and please God and give you eternal life. That's the only way. And so when you see people who don't believe you, it's a great thing to do to keep throwing them passes, keep throwing them the gospel, keep telling them about Jesus so maybe they get to catch the ball. And trust Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And then they start running to score for God. Does that make sense? All right, if it doesn't really make sense, what I'd like to do is I want you to raise your hand and ask me some questions. Does anybody have questions? Yes. How do you get the ball? To the, to the goal line if there's so many defensive players? Is that what you're asking? That's a great, you know what? Can I get those three boys up here again? I'm going to answer your question. Come on up here. Okay. 
We didn't, we didn't get to put this one in the story, but I'll show you what happened, what happens in football, and it happens in life. Okay, come here, Riley. You're, you're the ball carrier, okay? All right? Now, these two guys are trying to tackle you, right? You know what I'm going to be? I'm going to get in this story. I'm going to be your blocker. I'm going to be your lead blocker. And they ain't getting near you. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, baby. Go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There you go. Good job. Now, he didn't get all the way to the end zone without being touched, but he got further than what he did, it would have been if he did it on his own. See, it's good to have friends. It's good to have moms and dads who love the Lord Jesus Christ. They block for you. And your pastor at church, maybe your youth leader or your Bible study teacher, and some of your friends who know Jesus Christ, they can come around you when you're being, people are teasing you and laughing at you because you believe in Jesus. They put your arm around and say, we believe in Jesus with you. And we'll, we'll, we'll block for each other. Some of you may be going to a place where you know, uh, they're going to be doing a lot of things there that Jesus would not be happy about. And some of your friends may call you on your phone and say, you know what? Don't, let's don't go there. Let's find something else to do tonight. You need people that will be lead blockers for you in life. That's why choosing your friends is so important. That's why your parents are probably telling you, listen, this, this, these kids here are good. We want to spend the night over here, not, not quite over there. You need to listen to your parents because they can be lead blockers for you. That's a great question. Okay, any other questions? Yes. How old am I? Six zero, 60. I just turned 60 in November, okay? That's a good question. Not, not everybody would say that, but I think it's, that's a good question. All right, yeah. When was I born? 60 years ago, no. <laughs> November 28th, 1956. Who's got November? Any November babies? Yeah. Any November 28th here? Nope. All right. Who, who, who else has a question? Is the Bible like a football? You know what? That's a really good question. You know what? It doesn't look like a football, but does anybody know what a parable is? Yeah, what's a parable? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. The word para means come alongside of something. In Greek, para, like a parable. It comes alongside of the truth to help make it clear as to what's being talked about. Well, that's, in a sense, to answer your question, if you look at it, football like a parable, it is like the Bible. Now, you can't just look at a football and read, says Wilson, and I read the Word today. I read the Bible today. No. It means that the way Riley was carrying the football, you should be carrying the gospel message. How many of you memorize Scripture here? Anybody? Oh, look at it. Oh, my goodness. I wish I had done that when I was your age. Wow. I didn't even know Jesus until I was 22. And there's still so much in this book that I don't know, that I need to know. But I can't put it down. And you know, that's part of memorization. You can't put it down. You keep doing it over and over again. And it gets in your bloodstream, and before you know it, you all memorize how to tie your shoes. I'll bet you just about everybody here tied their shoe this morning when they got here. Because you've, remember, you've, you, you've remembered it's memory. It's a wonderful thing. So yes, that's why a football 
It's kind of like the Bible. It's not exactly, but it's the same principle. You don't want anybody to take this away from you. You don't want anybody to take this away from you. This is what's important. The sport just kind of is a parable for what's the truth of God's word. Who else had a question? You had a question. Why do I have white shoes on? You sound like my daughter. My daughter asked me the same question. She said, Dad, you're way too old to be wearing these Air Force sneakers. That's what she said. I said, I think they kind of look cool, you know? She said, Dad, you're not cool. So stop trying to be something you're not. Anyhow. <laughs> yes. At Brown University, I played, a, I was a defensive back. I played safety and I played corner. So one year I played corner my sophomore year, and then the last couple years I played uh, free safety. Anybody know what a free safety is? You're the last line of defense, aren't you? That's right. Who, you had a, yeah. Do I have any brothers or sisters? I had another a girl who was adopted into our family. She was from a different family. And right now, she's a dog trainer. She trains dogs for all these movies you see on TV. She's like, the, like a big dog trainer. She doesn't know Jesus, though. So I keep praying that she would know him. But yeah, she became my sister. I had a foster brother for a little while as well. When was I adopted? I was adopted when I was a young child, around two years old. Mm -hmm. You were adopted last year? Wow, that's awesome. Anybody, anybody else here adopted? Are you kidding? It's amazing. Wow. Thank you for bringing that up. What's your name? Anna? Wow, Anna. How old are you now? Ten years old. And you were adopted when you were nine, huh? Took four years to go through the process. You know, in Ephesians chapter 1, you should look it up when you go home tonight. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it talks about adoption. It's, it's, like a, it's almost like a parable. It's cool. All right, any other questions? Yeah. Can you have a ball? Absolutely, man. I love guys like that, man. That was me. I that's the question I would have asked if I sat in an audience like this. Give me the rock. I'm going to recruit you. If I'm, if I'm still coaching, Alex, I'm looking for you. Yes. Did my dad play football? No. You know, my dad, my dad when he adopted me, he was old enough to be my granddaddy. So he, he really couldn't run very much and do all the things that, you know, younger men do. But you know what he did with me? We sat down and we watched all the football games. And we watched bowl games. You ever watch the bowl games? <laughs> no. But we watched the bowl games. We watched the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl on TV. And one day, right before my dad died, I had a chance to bring him to the Fiesta Bowl. And he loved it. It just reminded him of how much time we spent together doing that. And I got to bring him to a bowl live. That was one of the best times in my life. But anyhow, thank you for asking. It's good. Yes, who else has a question? Yes, only. Did I used to live in Florida? No, never did. You did? Wow, what city? Do you remember? Wow, thank God. Yeah, it doesn't snow in Florida. That's right. Yes. Can you have my shoes? I don't think anybody else here wears a 13. I got big feet. <laughs> I don't think I can give you my shoes. <laughs> All right.